Naturalized. This is the beautiful game described by two ugly gentlemen. Glory to Columbus. Who are probably sitting at a soccer bar near you. McBride's in the box. A hard cross. McBride scores. It's 3-0 United States. Welcome to Bone and Bean United. Happy Soccer Podcast Day. What is up? I am Bone. I am Beam. Got plenty to get to today on the podcast. We are going to play an interview that Beam did earlier today on Soccer Podcast Day with the radio voice of your Columbus crew, Chris Doran. Yeah. I'm excited. I have not heard this, so I'm excited to hear it on the show. This will be fun. Sweet, sultry, dulcet tones of Chris Doran. I he had to have done voice work at some point. I mean, I know he's he's working with his voice as a play-by-play Did you person, hear? but like when he does intros, he does he's does the intro for Aces Radio I was podcast. Say, did you did you hear their new their new no, intro? No, I've not heard the new intro yet. <laughs> I have so, to go listen so, to it. It's so good. That's so <laughs> I, good. I have not delved in and sorry. For those of you who don't know, Aces Radio is a fantastic crew podcast in the way that like Common Man and T Bone is a sports show. Like it's right. Like it is connected to the crew, but you'll listen to it and be like me likey too hot. And what are they talking about? There's blood points involved. Who knows what that is? Right. But enjoy. It's well worth your time. Much better than this. And they would tell you to say that show sucks. They. I mean, again, I, I admire, I admire that show. I admire it very much. I've appeared on it once. It was very once or twice. I think it was very fun, but I, but I, I love it. It's so I'm not listening to their new start of this year, but I will, I will catch up. Anyway, I mean, you know, the nice part about doing a soccer podcast is in, in Columbus is it's like, oh, you, you guys must, you know, vie for some sort of like title or anything. It's like, no, no, no we all, absolutely number not. one, we pretty much all know each other. Everyone who's <laughs> yeah. one, cause it's like every crew fan has a soccer <laughs> podcast. Number one. And then we've all like been fans and friends of each other at times. And then, well, we're friends of each other, but you know what I mean? Like we were right. fans of the other podcasts. And then eventually it's like, there's 19 of these podcasts and they're, they're fun. They're all different and they're all good. And I'm glad that they exist. And I also think that that's what gets me when people are like, Oh, your little soccer team. It's like, how many blue jackets podcasts are there just for out of curiosity? Are there like three or four? I mean, there's some, right. We have one here. We have one. Triple H does his podcast, Hockey Dudes. You should go check that out. But I'm saying, like, there's like a billion crew podcasts. I'm just telling you. In, we're winning the stands. In Neighbor that way, Eric does a crew podcast to me in the driveway without a microphone or rec- recording device every time that I see <laughs> No, wait, wait, wait. This is a very, see, what you've done is a very white guy thing where you've confused regular human conversation with this should be a podcast now. Like you've just, you wanted to take a conversation and be like, can we podcast no, this? No, 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 no. Don't get this the wrong way. I know that it's never going to be a podcast. <laughs> Eric talks to me like he is recording like a podcast. Recording. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You're right. That's good. Well, we need to have neighbor Eric on sometime. Yes, we do. We need to neighbor definitely Eric's do that. super pumped. Also super, super disappointed. He goes, yeah, man, I'm excited for cruise. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, as, as you should be, you're a diehard crew fan, everything. He goes, I'm really disappointed the tailgate lots aren't opening until 2 o'clock on Saturday. And I'm like, Eric, it gives you five hours before five hours the game. Five hours tailgate. It's not enough. Yeah, he's like, it's not, it's enough. not enough. And the worst part is I have a soccer game at 8 o'clock on Sunday morning. I'm like, well, well, you could kind of control yourself. He's like, nope, no nope, chance. Nope, nope. Gonna, <laughs> so gonna like, go right knows in. that that soccer game at 8 a.m. is going to suck. That's, <laughs> that's, that's well spoken. Good man out of him. That's great. Um, I, uh, I will say, if you see me around Christmas weekend, prepare for my shirt. I, 
I made a little custom graphic for myself and Leeds printed United it on a shirt. shirt. Nice. Well, I know I had the, I have a major Leeds soccer with the first original major league soccer logo, just modified to Leeds colors. And it says major Leeds soccer, but that's not the shirt because I was very excited about Alexander Matan getting like being alive. The forgotten man. Well, I forgot was on our team. I didn't, I mean, I wasn't you sure if he I was mean. on the team. No, I wasn't sure coming yeah. into the game until I saw the lineup. I was like, oh, he is back. Okay, good. Because I wasn't sure if he was back or not because Caleb Porter had him so buried on the bench. I didn't know if they sent him off, but apparently they've seen value in him where Caleb Porter did not. And then he had a nice little tasty run. Lucas fed that yeah. ball. I thought the goal should have been his, but whatever. They said it technically was an own goal by Philly. So I was so inspired in that moment, and I saw somebody had tweeted out, hail Matan instead of hail Satan. How do you spell Matan? M-A-T-A-N. It's basically, it looks like hail Satan, but it's hail Matan. <laughs> so guess who now has a shirt that's black with gold lettering. I'm it guessing says you do. hail Matan in like a little <laughs> Halloween-y type font. So that's, that's what I'm wearing. That will be my outfit of choice. <laughs> I just made it for myself. $20. I, they said, I was surprised. I ordered it Saturday. The game is Saturday night. Yeah. I ordered it after the goal happened. This thing came on Tuesday. Wow. Like I don't did the my neighbor apparently printed it and just walked it over to my house. I didn't even know they were doing that. But whatever, it was quick. So, yeah. Um so we have uh, if you see me, that's what I'll be wearing as far as I can tell now. Will I throw up all over it with various amounts of drinking, I'm quite <laughs> sure. Then I'll wear something else. <laughs> hey, man, uh, at least you're yeah. honest. Now, I like how you've chosen to celebrate Christmas, which uh-huh. is have a baby. So yep. that's that's so un- unfortunately I will not be able to attend. unfortunately so right. I will not be at crew game because we're about to have a life changing event. So little pull behind the curtains. We have people who we work with at the radio station was like, hey, do you think this will be a good idea? And we were going to now this was a few weeks ago. We were asked if we wanted to do another live post game edition of the pod right from the LDC. Right. If we wanted to do that. Yeah. And I'm like, listen, man, I can't really commit to anything like two hours into the future, let alone like three weeks. Yeah, because you guys are on baby watch. And we, it is, we are. You're very, very there, very much in it. If there's 24 hours in the day and this whole process is 24 hours, we're like hour 2359. Yeah, like you're right there. Ready Anytime. Literally, any, I might, we might have to stop recording the pod. You might get a text while we're talking. Like you gotta, right. you, I've got to yeah. leave. So yeah. I will not be attending the crew match on Saturday, which I'm very disappointed about. Uh, Somebody is going to have to wrestle Wayne Rooney for me. You're not going to, we wouldn't want to wrestle. Yeah. Death match Wayne Rooney. (laughs) Well, you might wrestle him in the way that I tell my children, those two birds are wrestling over there. (laughs) That's the only way I can see you wrestling Wayne Rooney. You love Wayne Rooney. What are we talking about? He is my guy. I know he's your guy. That's fine. You're his D. Now you're his DD. You drive him around whenever he's drunk. So he doesn't get into more car crashes. Is that what I, Meredith does that Wayne and I have a great time. (laughs) Right. Well, anyway, so so you are like baby is officially happening though. Yeah. yeah. Like uh, this, sooner rather. Yeah. So probably to the point for podcasting purposes that I will not be on next week's podcast and for the following couple of weeks. Yeah. So we're uh, we're planning to either do one of two things: we'll have a couple fill-in hosts, or not do the podcast at all. I'm not sure what. It'll probably be a couple of fill-in hosts, but actually just cease the show entirely. Right. Well, we're gonna it's actually. Done. It's hey, done we're now. done. Bye. It's ending yeah. right now, and we turn the mics off and walk out. No, it it will continue, but we're giving Beam plenty of time with you know 
everything going on. Him and Meredith, we wish you guys the best. And new baby on the way. We're very excited for that. So, But in the meantime, the show will happen. It may happen a little more sporadically. Uh, we may call you in the delivery room. I don't know. We'll see. I also said, so I'm like Manchester United plays at you know, Sunday at 1130. I said, Mayor, I mean, what happens if this baby decides to come during halftime of the United game? Like, I'll drop you off at the hospital, go back for the second <laughs> half, then come. She goes, right. if you do that, plan to stay there. Yep. I said, that's, I'm very aware. That's very that's <laughs> very much how that would go. Yeah. Um, so so for, for, my, for my health. I will not be attending any soccer related functions this yeah, weekend. I'm not and I and I had said when they asked that, they were like, Well, Bone, do you still want to do it? I was like, No. I mean, we'll do a couple <laughs> podcast episodes probably without you, but I'm not doing a post game live show at the crew stadium or the LDC without my co host. Like we're both in this together. This is our podcast. We're not gonna like we did that last year and it was a blast. It was great. It was and awesome. I don't feel like it would be right to like get all that love and affection for myself and then you're not there. So like I would feel and somebody very else. Guilty. I'd be very jealous. Right. I'd be well, very, very jealous. Yeah. That's it would be like cheating on you. And I I am cheating on you. I'm just not telling you yet. I'm not ready to break that news to you. I'm on other podcasts. Now I'm How dare telling you, you cheat with I me. have actually been I am hosting Aces Radio. <laughs> I'm not doing that. You and Chris. That's right. Damn it. <laughs> All right, so uh, let's talk a little bit about the crew. Don't don't worry. We will talk about other things that are not crew-related. We will talk about your Manchester United beam. We will talk about Arsenal being really Kings. good. I mean, they're going well will for they them see right it now. Out? Going That's well the for them right question. now. And uh, we will talk about Chelsea's best goals of February. <laughs> that uh, Dude, I have not been like in that? stitches. I, yes, and yeah. I have not been in stitches. I saw the tweet that came out. Like Somebody posted that like last week, and they were yeah. like, here are best the topo, best, best inside of the box. It was like best goals of <laughs> Chelsea's February or like February goals for Chelsea. And it was just, and I'm watching, it, it was like the same goal. And I was like, well, where's the next? And I'm like, Oh God, that's right. They haven't scored any other goals. They scored the one. <laughs> God. So good. Um, all right. So let's talk. Well, speaking of only scoring one goal, the crew lose four to one mm-hmm. to Philadelphia on the road. Yep. I was expecting a zero, zero draw at best. Um, I was pleasantly surprised by the first half by the crew. Yeah. I I figured that Philadelphia would get it together in the second half and it would be a really tough game for the crew to be able to maintain what I thought was they'd have a lead going into halftime that of course that evaporated. Mm-hmm. But I still one to one I was happy see that out. That'd be a nice point to start off your season. Instead, I felt like you got two crap handball calls. Yeah. Not that that Philadelphia was a better team. They played much better in the second half. They were not caught off guard by the crew, but those handball calls were not not great. It wasn't. I mean, when you say four one, you're like, boy, that you got blasted. Like it, I know it was four to one, and like that's a result, and that's cool, and that's going to count towards goal differential and everything. But the actual game itself, I didn't think was four to one. I'm with you on that. I thought Philly was the better team. I thought. Here's the promising thing, though, from a crew perspective, at least for me, and I don't know if you have the same takeaway or not. It's game one of the Wilfried Nancy era, right? It's yep, game number one. Right. There were times where you wanted to throw your head through a brick wall, like playing out of the back with Patrick Schulte, who I thought had a decent game for being thrust into oh. what was hostile environment, Eastern Conference representative for MLS Cup last year. Yeah, like that, okay, always a tough place to go play. That's your like that's your big call up on a big stage. I I thought he played better than I was anticipating. Now there were some times where you're like Man, you gotta. There's some things that we gotta work out here, like the goal kicks where you're just playing all three guys right next to the goal box, and then you're trying to work your way out, which directly resulted in a goal for Philly 
Like there are a few kinks to be ironed out, but on the positive side, there were times in the games and spurts of elongation from this crew where you said to yourself, boy, like that looks way different and looks way better than what we've seen the link up and attack play and possession play be over the last handful of years. So you marry the good with the bad. Again, it was four to one. There were some crappy handball calls. It uh, went about as I expected it to. The good looking better than I thought and the bad looking about as bad as I thought to start the year. If that makes any sense. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I think defensively this team right now is learning to play with three in the back, which, of course, becomes five at times. That kind of thing is going to happen. You you had not your favorite goalkeeper. You had a you have a guy playing in um oh gosh and I'm sorry I'm blanking on his name is it Philip Quinton who is the call up that they had from Crew Two the, not I mean they he's the draft pick he's like six six the mm-hmm. the tall lanky yeah. guy they have playing back there with Milos is one of the three uh, defensive back or defensive back center backs however you want to say it it's three in the back um, but you have him and Marrero on the other side I, I mean there were times where I thought yeah he looked a little bit uh, out of his depth but I don't think it was. I don't think it's something that's going to, uh, like, he could never play at this level. I think it's just, it's going to take time. It's going to take time. And I think this is what I was trying to get at last week with people who were like, oh, man, Crew 2 is just going to, we're going to get some of these Crew 2 guys. They're going to come up and you'll see. Maybe, maybe, maybe again, not fair to measure them against Philadelphia, right? Like, that's one of the best teams in the East. They are talented, talented group. They are well coached. They understand their system. They know exactly what they're doing. And they were caught off guard the first half. They figured it out in the second. Yep. But... I do think it's going to take a little time for some of the crew two guys like Mo Farsi had a moment early on in that game, which I think he, he played well for the most part, mm-hmm. but he had a moment in that game where breakout. Yeah. I want to say Zella Ryan, like yeah. whipped over a ball or Kucho one from the left side of the field, like the attacking left side all the way over to the right where he was and he got it. And it was like, there was him and another crew player and then two defenders. And it's like, go Three at them. Break. Yeah. Like go at them. And he instead kind of like got to the 18 and then like widened it out. Yeah, widened out a little bit, waited for some support to come up. And you could see like Lucas is just like waving his arms like, ah. And then after they the ball got kicked out or something, and he's just like doing the thing where he like points to the ground in front of him. is like, yeah, like it's right there. Come yeah. on. like. And so those are the things that they're going to have to learn, right? The the younger players, the guys playing for crew two, obviously they don't the play the game. Too, yeah, know. there's what does this guy want when he plays me that ball? Is yeah. he going to want it back quickly? Is he going to want me to attack with it? Is he waiting for a return? Is he going to keep running? Is he going to stop? Where do I need to place this? Should I yeah. be looking far post to the far right? Like, yes. Well, and even like Milos Degnik talk about this, right? Like how last year, second half of the season, I thought he played a lot better because he said, I finally had figured out a little bit more with MLS. Mm-hmm. Like I understood how the game is played. And I'm not saying, by the way, defensively right now, they still need to get this sorted. But I think he's going to be a lot better this year because of the fact that he now sees what the league is. And I thought he looked like that in moments where there were just times where he seemed less panicked as guys are running at him. Again, I know it's hard to say that when you lost four to one, but the, I, I think overall playing against Philadelphia, if you can see two goals to Philly, all right, in your first game in a new system with in Jonathan, Mensa, Jonathan Mensa gone, like, again. Artur gone, Pedro Santos gone. Yeah, like a lot of the guys who had been your MLS standard bearers, yep. I think it will I think it will get better. 
And I was very negative during the game. I was very frustrated during the game. I was tweeting out things like, yeah, oh, that's well, fine. You're... It wasn't a great idea to trade away your captain and leader of your defense. Two I think weeks it's hilarious. Season, but... I think it's, well, yes, that that is going to be a big part. But we do this podcast on Thursdays. Yeah. You were so calculated, like saying, this is going to be a process. This is going to take a while. Oh, They're yeah. Three at the back. And then during the game, it's like, F this. This team sucks. I was, Get I was. out of here. They're then... all. They're all shit. And what happened, right? Like I've had three or four days to like come back off of that. And listen, like this is, you know what it is beam. This is it. Cause someone asked me, cause I, I complain a lot about the logo. If you follow me on Twitter, you'll see, I made the joke cause the Haslam's bought the bucks. Now they bought a big stake in the Milwaukee bucks NBA Huge. franchise. Yeah. Let's sign Giannis as a number nine. Imagine if Giannis played goalkeeper. <laughs> Giannis would be the best goalkeeper because he's hey, so he's tall. Euro- and he's European. He's European. Yeah, he's Greek. He actually, you know what? I believe he did play some soccer. I'm, if I'm not mistaken. I thought he and his brothers talked about playing that a little soccer. That might actually be a bad example the to the right. example that you were trying right, to fine. use. Yes. The point is, LeBron James could be the best goaltender in the world. Okay. Um, I did see that him and Philip Forsberg from the Nashville Predators just bought a stake in Nashville SC. I did see oh. that. This wait, morning. Wait, who did? LeBron? Giannis. Oh, Giannis, Giannis did. Oh, yeah. okay. Well, you know what? Let him live. Maybe someone should have let him know that the guys who own the team now or part of the owners of the team actually own a team in Columbus. If he wants to get involved in the soccer team. The but, real uh, yellow soccer team could have got, got involved with us. Where are the Haslam's from? Tennessee. They're getting ready to buy. They're getting ready to buy Nashville SC. That's what's happening. No. <laughs> you heard it here first. What I was getting to, though, is like I, I made a little logo on Twitter about great. the Milwaukee Bucks new logo just because I'm I'm bitter about the crew logo. And I had somebody get at me. It's like. Dude, I'm so frustrated with how crew fans are just constantly down about this team. Does anyone enjoy anything about this team? And it, and it was a good reminder to me that, like, I've been drenched in crew sweat and blood and tears for, like, the better part of 20-plus years. Mm-hmm. I've been through the quote-unquote supporter wars. I've been through the realist fan competitions on big soccer, which, again, if you're old enough to know what any of that means, God bless you. But, like, there, I'm saying, Beam, there were things back in the day where, like, message boards in 2002 and 2003 people that like Eric was on I'm the realist crew fan or these people aren't real crew fans unless they do X or Y like that was happening was 20 Danny years Dyer ago there <laughs> right real football factories mate. <laughs> he's walking around like he's got beach balls for undercarriage anyway <laughs> the point is I get it if you're a crew fan who hates hearing me complain about some of this stuff because you're just like I just want to go and watch the games here's the reality I disconnect from my dislike of the Haslam's and my dislike of the logo and some of the other problems I have with this organization. When the team is on the field, I'm a hundred percent in on what's going on in this game. In this moment, is this good enough today? And then after the game, I go back and go, all right, well, that was improvement from what we saw last time. Mm -hmm. Or I think this system could like, I'll analyze it differently after the game, but in the moment, if we're losing, we're losing and I'm mad, right? Like, same thing as when yeah. I go into Crew Stadium. Do I like the Haslam's? No. Do I think that they support some things I don't like? 100%. I do not like a lot of the things they do. Do I like the LDC as a stadium? Yes, very much so. Am I proud of the fact that regardless of who paid for it and how it was built, do I like walking in there and saying, this is in Columbus? This this brilliant stadium is in Columbus. I can disconnect from my dislike of the Haslam's or my disagreement with certain things the front mm-hmm. office does. I can separate that from I'm in my community that I enjoy. I love crew fans. I love this team. I love the stadium. I root for those players. I may dislike how some of them play at times, but I can disconnect from all that. So yeah. not to go off on all that, but 
That's well, why. Think, that's why on Twitter you see like I'm so mad in the moment, and then now I'm like, well, but you know, big picture, we got a lot. It's a long season, right? And I know that watching a lot of MLS, like we both have now, like you know, the season's not going to be won or lost first few weeks oh, of the year. Sure. I mean, it takes a long time for some of the best teams in the league to come together, and that may happen with this team. But there's a lot of work to be done. I think it's a good reminder, just for not even soccer fans, sports fans in general, right? Like yeah. we can all be nitpicky about various different ownership groups and everybody that we support. But yeah, during those 90 minutes during a game, it's like, yeah, you want the best for your team and you get visibly and sometimes like sick to your stomach upset oh, when yeah. things don't go your way. And it brings yeah. you such great elation when it does go your way. Yeah. I um honestly, I think that like with Manchester United, right? You've been, you're higher on them now than you have been recently, but you've always mm -hmm. been a fan of them. But yeah. I'm saying last few years have been rough mm -hmm. by your standards. Correct. Outsiders looking at Manchester United be like, poor guy. What are you complaining about, yeah. man? Like, look at how good your team is. And but your your answer is yes, but I am aware of all of the things mm -hmm. my team like you've got that lived through history with your team. And so you know it could be way better than this. And that's where I think some crew fans, some of us diehards have to remember for the people who are just like excited to watch the game. I have some neighbors of mine uh, very good friends who they're season ticket holders and they haven't been season ticket holders before. And they got into the crew in the last few years. And so what do they, they go to the store, they buy the gear. It has the logo on it. I don't judge. I'm not mad at you. If you yeah. like that logo or right. if you wear it, or if, even if you don't like it, but you're like, well, it's what's on the Jersey and I want the Jersey. I'm not judging any of that. What I'm saying is there are times where me as a crew fan goes like, there's nothing. like it. I remember when Bill Archer used to complain about this stuff on big soccer, right? Like, and again, if you, again, if you know, Bill's Bill Archer, God bless you. My point being, there is a lot more inside that I try not to fully let out, yeah. but sometimes I can't help it. Sometimes the bitterness comes out or the anger comes out, but I do genuinely love this team and I love rooting for it. It is my escape from, I've told friends of mine, this like the Ohio state football stuff. That's part of my job. Yeah. And I love Ohio state football, but I have to break it down every day. Most of the sports like this, the crew still are a thing that even though that is also part of my job, that is just something that I connected with in my early twenties and haven't looked back. Why so we started this podcast. Yeah. Cause I needed an outlet to talk about it more on the air and not feel like I had to rush to get, you know, my three minutes of crew talking right. and then back to Ohio state football, we go, right. you know, or NFL talk. Mm -hmm. So I'm glad that you guys indulged me in that little diatribe, but that's so Cruise Miss this week is very special to me. I enjoy it because part of it is the community of people that are making Cruise Miss, the tailgating, the just in the stadium, walking around. Just the, the togetherness, right? Yeah, the Nordeca yeah. being in full voice. I'm so excited for all that stuff to happen, regardless of all the off-the-field stuff, regardless of the things we don't like. This is where we get to come together and enjoy it. So I hope everybody has a good Cruise Miss weekend, other than Beam, who selfishly is having a child yep. right during the middle of all this. How yeah, dare you? I know. How dare you? Uh, first of all, I'm not having a child. I'm, no, you are. I am not. I am not the one birthing said child. I was told that's how that was working. <laughs> I was told you feel so strongly about Meredith that oh, you yeah. will feel everything she's feeling, even if you're not physically going through. Yes, exactly. That's what I've been told. Mm -hmm. so, yeah. Anyway. Um, all right. So it'll be weird seeing Pedro Santos in a DC United jersey. I don't like that. It will be super weird. Super, super weird. I uh, Did you flip around with Apple TV? Have you flipped over to any of the other things? I was going to ask you about that. Okay. Because we have both purchased the MLS season pass on yes. Apple TV. I had a few notes. Yeah. Not that I took, but mental notes. Um, I didn't watch any of the pregame show, so I'm not sure 
how that all went. I just flipped over. I think I was watching. What was I watching before? I, I don't know. Whatever it was. I was watching the pre like the big pregame show on Fox earlier for whatever game kicked off at 430 in the afternoon. Um, I was watching that. And then right at 730, I flipped over to the crew game. We need, and I don't know if this was the way it didn't look, because you and I were talking about the Atlanta game later on after the crew had lost, like the finish in that one. Didn't look like that was so much of an issue. I don't know if it was Philly Stadium. The ca- the camera really bothered me. Oh, like, yeah. Like, just as a soccer-watching individual, and you watch a lot of soccer. I watch, I'm off in the middle of the day. I watch right, a you, lot. You get to see a lot of the soccer that I have on. Up a, it's it's on, but I'm not locked in. You're I'm, locked in I'm on it. I'm watching yeah. a lot of soccer. Right. And, like, I don't know if I was ever as appreciative of a camera person as I've been when I'm now watching a good televised soccer game. I felt like I was watching that game when there were parts where, like, Lucas or Cucho or Steven Marrera or somebody had the ball, and it should have been a situation in which you zoomed in. I don't need to see the entire field. And the camera person was zooming out. I felt like I was watching some portions of this game from New Jersey. Like mm, I don't yeah. need, I don't need to see the entire eleven on the field. That was a nitpick for me. And certainly, I'm sure that TV executives who are running this will say we need to get our camera operators better. And maybe you don't know what to look for, and you're just keeping the full field. It felt like the camera angle, at least, and not necessarily some of the replay cameras, but their actual live in-game cameras. We're like, all right, we're going to set up, you know, a high school soccer match and like, we're just going to film it. We're going to watch this for film. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. We're going to have the whole game, the whole man, field you on. just paid a lot of money to have these rights and it was a poor display of camp. And again, well, that's one something thing, that's a, that's one just thing a they nitpick. Do, they do really well in champions league and premier league, at least from matches I watch is that they will, cause sometimes with old and I'm again, I'm going back a few years, MLS broadcasts. There were times where it would be like, they would be zoomed in like, right on the ball at midfield and like you could see maybe 10 yards in front and 10 yards behind and then a little bit on the sides and so I would be like well there's no one in the picture but this guy is like just looking up and blasting the ball forward and then all of a sudden they'd have to like cut to another tight shot that was on where the ball was going and then I'm like well what where would that guy come Mm -hmm. and like you couldn't see the movement on the field if they're going to air I would like them to make the error widened out as opposed to narrowed in but the Premier League and Champions League do such a good job of giving you just enough to see the movement happening. And right when you start to see a guy running and that player makes the pass, they then zoom to like the guy who's running onto the ball and you get to see some of the tight footwork. It's world-class And then right work. as that guy gets ready to cross it, almost as the ball is being impacted, bam, they're back out to the wide shot. You can see the players running into the box to get on the end of the cross. It, I mean, it's a dance. I can't imagine the... The guy operating all that and directing it. Oh yeah, it's got to be pretty intense. So but if anything, it has to get. You're right. It has to get better. And I know that's going to be like. There's people in Philly doing that. Yep. There's people in every market doing that. So they're going to have to get that a little bit tighter. So that was small nitpick for me. Yeah. Um, I think again, studio, and it's just even like a realization that like, other guys are like really good at doing. Oh other yeah. Pe- other camera yeah. operators are really good at doing that. Um, it, I'll tell you this. As far as the video quality, I don't know what you experienced. For me, uh, the studio show. I don't have a 4K TV on the TV I was watching this on. I'm like, did they hijack my TV and make it 4K? And I didn't know it because it was crystal. I was so shocked with how the close-ups were just so clear. They did something very well with those cameras and what they... Witchcraft. Yeah. Now, 
I didn't watch the whip around thing that they were doing because they're doing like an NFL red zone like type thing. Like a goal thing. zone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they did some – I heard that some people were saying it almost looked like uh, there was a lot of like you could see the backs of these people's heads as they were watching the game and they were kind of showing them watching the game, which I don't necessarily need that. I wouldn't mind having commentary over like if let's say we're going to zoom. Okay, San Jose and Atlanta – Atlanta down one nothing. So Champions League does a really good I would job like of the goal zone. Studio people talking yeah. over it, but you could have them not on the screen. That would be a better thing if they're not doing that. So I, maybe I'll watch that this weekend. I need to look for it too. I didn't watch it much. I just heard that was one of the complaints. So I know when they do like Europa League goal zone, and then they do Champions League goal zone. So they have the studio host that's like interacting and moving back and forth between games. Then they jump into the audio of the game. It's like, oh, you know, there could be a goal here. Here's, you know, a situation, dangerous attacking position, whatever. And then they kind of jump back and forth. So I haven't watched that, but my, the picture, like I said, I halftime during the studio show, I had a checklist of baby stuff I've been trying to get done. So I wasn't really paying attention that much, but like the actual in game picture I thought was really good as well. Yeah. Yeah. But it was so thought, wild going back to the cam going back to the camera thing like when Milos throws his hand up and they call that handball it's like wh- where's the other angle on like how can you clearly see I know. You know what I mean? Like, it was yeah. just I, I It was tough man. I some of that was and again that one too was that the that was the second handball was it? No, yeah. no no no. Yeah, it was the second. It was, was Milos yeah. the second one where then they were like no one called it on the field but Kevin Stott who's an annoying referee and has been for years Kevin Stott's the VAR and he whistles it down. <laughs> nope. I'm out on that, dude. That I don't think you should be. I think VAR, I, I know that's the rule. VAR should be something that we use where either, I, I mean, I guess you want it there for egregious where the ref's just so dumb, but that was not, no one would, I mean, the players all call for it every time, right? Every time there's a oh, shot in the course. box, they're all like, oh, hey, <laughs> yeah. he's offside everybody, or it's everybody, a handball. Every, they do the same gesture hand, for yes. handball, hands go offside. Up. It's all the, that's a foul. The same hand gesture's done every time you suck. Jog on. It's, everything is this arms up. <laughs> it's the you suck hand gesture yes. <laughs> where it's like, I, I know I, I gave up a goal, but it wasn't my fault. The guy Kucho was offside. yelling to deliver him the ball. Yeah. <laughs> Everything's hands right. up. Yeah. Right. <laughs> But, yeah, I, I didn't like that so much. I will say with some of the other uh, Apple TV stuff, again, I still have my concerns that the average fan, I was just talking to Bo Bishop about this before the thing, Bo likes soccer. Bo is one of the people here at the station who has watched soccer before it was in vogue. Mm-hmm. He got in and watched Premier League stuff. He watches crew stuff. He covered the crew for many years when he was with 10TV. Bo I was talking to, and he's like, oh, can I not watch it at all? I'm like, not if you don't have Apple TV. You got to yeah. pay the subscription. He's like, oh God, I didn't know that. And I'm saying, how and this many? This is a soccer guy. This is a soccer. This is a plugged-in sports guy who talks about Columbus sports mm-hmm. and does like soccer. Now he's got three kids and sure. he's busy and like all of us, I get it. But I'm just saying, that's on his radar, and he wasn't aware of it. How many people who aren't going to the game this weekend are gonna be like, oh, it's the first Crew home game. My friend at work is going. I got to flip that on. Valley Sports. Hmm, it's. Why is it not on here? Where is it? Where is this game? Is it on Uh, Fox? Okay, I'm going to go. Oh, well, River Monsters is on. But that all said, for those of us who are watching it on Apple TV, the fact I can go watch more MLS games now, like I'm not locked in on whatever Fox thinks is a good game or ESPN thinks is a good game. And I were watching the end of that Atlanta United game. And I, you know what sucked so bad was Atlanta's playing San Jose. Who's the dude that Atlanta has? It's Argentina. He got. He was on the squad and Almeida, right? Almeida, yeah, yeah, yeah. Almeida got on the squad and I forget who they left off, but it was someone like ridiculously. They left good. off Garnacho. Garnacho, yes. So this <laughs> dude Almeida from 
Atlanta United, he's like 20 years old, <laughs> scores two goals at the end of this game to win it for Atlanta, two to one over San Jose. So you had been texting me. We had a text message thread with me and you and Evil Bald Colin. Yep. And right after the crew game, you're like, I've got a few shackles on Atlanta to tie this game. So if you didn't see Almeida's goal, like you need to flip it over and watch. And the really great thing about Apple TV, which I did like, is I was able to like, so I wasn't watching this game at all until you told me to go and watch it. I went to that not knowing if I was able to rewind. You can rewind to the very beginning of the game. Unlike regular TV, if you weren't on that channel, you can't go back and watch. You're just stuck in live time and in Mm -hmm. the box. Yeah. And so I went back, rewound. I was like, oh, this seems like a pretty good foul at the end of the game. Dude rips in an unbelievable free kick. Yeah. Right. The fact, so that's already it was more a banger of a goal. Random MLS games than I have ever watched. Right. Already. And, so, and I watched seven minutes of yeah, it. Yeah. But what I'm saying is like that was pretty epic to see, right? To watch that and be able to go back, like you said, to catch up to like, oh, hey, wait, they just are, they've scored. What's going on? Let Everybody's going crazy. Happened. Let me see what happened. That's cool. The other thing that's cool is you can get the home yeah. radio broadcast, which means if you're not able to attend a crew game, and let's say you want to listen to the fan, which, of course, we have all the games, but you are like, I don't know if I can get it to sync up via the app. You can watch it on Apple TV, and it will put Chris Doran over whoever's talking yeah. if you don't like who's talking on there, which I think is pretty awesome. I did that for the Philly broadcast for like five minutes. And I'm yeah. Like, eh. Was it synced up? Yeah. I didn't. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah, perfect. It that's if that works, do that for everything. Yes. Do that for the NFL. <laughs> yeah. I don't, sorry. I, yes. Jim Nance is fine. I'm just saying sometimes put, some put of these Paul Keels broadcast when Spiro Didi's is on, I'm flipping to the local guy. Sorry. I'm going to listen to a radio dude. I'd listen to Paul Allen call Vikings game. The Jaguars. Yeah. Who's that? Uh, I know you probably hate him, but Paul Allen, right? Isn't he the guy that does the, uh, the Vikings? Yeah. yeah. This isn't gets- Detroit. This is the Super Bowl. <laughs> Come on, man. I like, I like Paul. He's Allen. great. Anyway, I like that feature. And I also did not like this. Jonathan Mensa going to San Jose, our guy. I'm not rooting for San Jose, but I, I, I want to see him. I want to see him be successful to some level. It's them in the white caps for me. Was that not another game where a defense led by Jonathan Mensa gave Stop. up goals? Stop yourself. Th- I, they were in a le- winning position after the 80th minute. Stop yourself. I hope that's not a trend. Did you see the two goals that were scored? <laughs> I didn't see the two goals fault. that were. Well, I'm just saying they were that's great a dude goals. Who just wanted a world cup with Argentina. I know, man. I know. <laughs> I'm, that's why I'm saying, I hope it's not a trend, but I thought, I thought about Jonathan Mensa and thought that's, I wonder if that answers his head. I'm you're, sure it you're does. Sick. Right. You come, you're you come sick. off the field and you're like, I'm in a different city. I'm with different <laughs> teammates. And yet again, a game that we were leading on the road, in the 90th plus minute. And we couldn't seal it out. That's going to, I I would be so frustrated if I were him. I'm not saying it's his fault. I'm saying I felt for him. Sounds like you're saying it's Jonathan Mintz's fault. To me. I blame him entirely. Yes. <laughs> Thanks for losing me $10 or whatever it was. It's fine. Um, all right. Uh, we'll take a break. Come back. And we will talk about some European soccer. And we'll hear from the guy that we were just talking about. Chris Doran. When we come back, you're listening to Bone and Beam United. Welcome back. DC United still sucks. But hey, Beam, we did try Beam to love Beam loves Wayne Rooney. We did try to get Wayne Rooney on the podcast. Yeah, and that, that was shot down real quick. They 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 saw right through that. Maybe you shouldn't have emailed them from iHeartManU96 or whatever it is your email is.
gmail.com gmail.com of course uh-huh. yeah, i have a wayne rooney tattoo at gmail.com <laughs> probably should have probably should have done that for my company email actually you know what that's the thing i i know you very well from working with you these many years but i don't know that do you have any tattoos have you ever had a tattoo me i do not i i have one are you I aware also, of that? i am aware of that okay i've seen it oh yeah um, that's right i also wear long sleeves every time that you see me. So even if I did, I wouldn't, you would have that's no That's what I'm clue. saying. I've Yeah, rarely if ever have I seen you in... I've never seen you sleeveless. I know that. No. Never seen you Neither shirtless. Neither has Meredith. I'm basically <laughs> Tobias Funke from Arrested <laughs> Development. Never I'm a never... All I wear is denim. I actually have denim on underneath there everything I There are dozens of us. <laughs> dozens. I do not. I do not have a tattoo. But if I did have one, it would be of Wayne Rooney. Yeah. I was going to say, is there any player that you would ever consider getting? So you would consider getting a tattoo no, of Wayne? No, Never. absolutely okay. not. But if I were to consider a player, it would be him. I have thought about years ago, I when I was like, back as Mike likes to say on our show, back when I was banging mm-hmm. um, with the uh, Hudson Street Hooligans back in the day. Yeah. I was like trying to get into fights and all that stuff. Not really. You were Danny Dyer. Yeah. As we've um, illustrated. With your sweet season opener posture and pose that you were oh god i hope everyone understands if you saw that picture that is meant a hundred percent as sarcasm and jest i got it i got some people who were like wow someone's like oh what is it's like no i think that's ridiculous it's stupid that was the point (laughs) anyway um back then i had a thought of this was like probably oh five oh six where i'm quite sure i told people at a bar once if we ever win uh mls cup i'm getting the logo tattooed Right over my heart. So I think it's And then different. I'm going to get a star each time. But like. It's different. I'm glad with, I didn't do that because now I'd be like the third time I'd have to get it covered. Yeah, but it's different. I feel like with a team. Like if you want to get a team tattoo, that's fine. Like it would be an incredible loyalty to get an yeah. actual player tattoo. That's what I'm you. saying. Like, I mean, so I have at my desk, I have a bunch of John ja Morant stuff because John ja Morant, I love watching him play. He's yeah. one of my favorite basketball players. John ja Morant had a story that's been getting in the news that like he threatened a teenager at a pickup game with a gun he's an nba player he was playing a teenage guy number one don't threaten anyone with a gun i'm just saying like my loyalty to john morant is i like how you play basketball but if suddenly i find out john morant not a nice guy and that's all true then i would take all that stuff down and i you're right a commitment to a tattoo is a lot more than that but 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 Wayne Rooney's the guy you would consider it for if you were going to consider it ever. It would be the overhead bicycle kick against City. Like, that would be that would yeah, be it. That's it. That would be it. That would be the guy. I will say that my... I do love him, but we are going to have... If I was in attendance, we would have to have a death match. Yeah, well, of course. I w- that's the one thing I wish people could see is I wish... I, I would have... If we would have thought, and obviously this would involve you not having a child at this moment, I would have thought to get you a ticket as close to the field behind the dc bench what i did just with, to hear um, what you yeah what you did do uh brad friedel yeah yeah i got brad friedel fired at the, <laughs> at the revs game that was right after he had his quote about like well this is in his i'm from lorraine and also manchester accent where he'd be like oh hello well and and anyway it's like what is going on with this dude you think tim howard's got a weird accent oh, his is even worse friedel's is so weird anyway but that was after he said i wish the revs players would get fought in the parking lot more or less. He was yeah, saying, yes. in England, if you played this bad, you get beat up in the parking lot. And it's like, do you want Revs fans to do that? And then you just let him have it, which was hilarious uh, at the game you were at. And then uh, and then you've not been allowed back. So I have not. That's not actually, I was actually banned from Historic Crew Stadium. They've let me into the Death Star, yeah. but I am not allowed back on the premises for a soccer game. Which let's keep building. reminding them, you're welcome for the Death Star nickname. <laughs> you came up with that. You've been calling it the Death Star, and they're now using it in promo material. So 
I think you should get royalties. I think I should too. Give me uh, a ticket to Saturday's match right behind Wayne Rooney, cowards. The uh, the crew were here yesterday. Someone dropped oh, off nice. like boxes of swag. Cool. And I saw they ended up on Rothman and Ice's desk. Yeah. And I was like, I don't know, maybe some other. I mean, again, I don't really want the stuff because it's got all the crew logos on it that I don't like. But if you're going to drop off boxes to people actually talk about the team, I don't know, maybe, maybe one of the shows where they talk about it. But yeah, that's fine. Glad. Maybe they'll talk about it more. That'd be nice. Mm-hmm. It'd be good. I'm just kidding. I love Matty Ice. I love Roth, and I'm just giving him. Boy, like, do you down. sound sour grapes. I wanted some free stuff. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Hey, I remember when they printed you a shirt and we did this podcast together and they invited you to come tour the stadium? Remember all that? That was I awesome. I do remember that. They didn't invite you, did they? I was not invited to that. That's so, weird. yeah. That's, mm-hmm. that's weird. Well, <laughs> that's so odd. Anyway. Hey, you know when Manchester United comes to the U.S. this summer and I get invited <laughs> for being a good compatriot of their club? Oh, I would love I'm going to have like, them write you a letter that just has a big middle finger. That's right. You probably should. And that's, it's going to be a picture you know of Sir Alex Ferguson just flipping you the bird. That's 100% fair. Um, to be honest, I did see that and I said, what the fuck? Yeah, you should have. <laughs> you should have. I didn't know. I, You know what? I can't believe that didn't come up till just now. <laughs> that has been boiling inside of me for Good. nearly a Good. year and a half. Well, you know what? I hope next time they invite you. Please invite me. I don't want to go out of the principle no. of not getting the swag no, yesterday. No, you should. No, no you I should don't get, want it. You should I don't go. want it. I think you should. You know what? You're going to it. have a little one soon. I think that needs to be one of the first outings for the little one. That'd be a good idea. Is you three go out and you get a you get the full treatment. I hope you get a, like a box. Go to one of the nice where they have charcuterie boards up there somewhere. And I don't know if it'll be the upper ones or the lower ones where you're down on the field and you can high five Wayne Rooney as he walks out and tell him how much you love him. It'd <laughs> be great. Hey Wayne, I know we said we were gonna have you on to talk about DC United, but remember that one time you played for Manchester United? That was awesome. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> I think they'll get you set up for that, but it'll be for the Vancouver Whitecaps. Yeah. When they come in, that's when they'll be like, we're a big fan. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all right. So speaking of your Manchester United, they are uh, champions of the energy drink world. How about that? How about that? Hey, yeah. that's two big trophies for us this year. The Bangkok trophy that they beat Liverpool in in the preseason mm, run-up, well, and now the Carabao Cup. Tell you what, beating Liverpool, that's an accomplishment yeah, this it year. It's so, huff, it's so hey, tough to do. they won their Premier League game midweek. Oh, that's good. What a measurement that was. Against Wolves? Wolves? Yeah. Right. Fighting for their lives. That's good. Um, yeah, so they won the Carabao Cup. Was, yeah, good for about, you. By the way, good job out of Newcastle. Like, their fans Newcastle's were, been having a year. Their fans looked awesome, too. Like, they had black and white flags decked Dude. out the entire, like, half of the stadium. Like, it was really... Now, I mean, United kind of took it to them. But yeah. at the same time, like, they're going to be a problem. And again, like, all that Saudi influx money, like, they're oh, already... coming, yeah. They're already competing for... Champions League, and that's yes. just it's year number one of that. Uh, yeah, they're they're going to be a problem. The money is going to be there. You're Eddie Howe's right. right. I like Eddie Howe a lot. He's a fantastic manager. Not yeah. as good as Ten Hag, but very good. Ten Hag, by the way, I like how he's dancing now. He brought back the dance from sure. uh, when he was back with uh, Ajax. Ajax, yeah, when he was started there. Same players because he did it with oh, Anthony yeah, and Lissandro, right. and that's they right. did it again at Wembley. Yeah. That's very cool. Yeah. No, I I uh, I like that story for your guys that that Eric Ten Hag has been very lovable and. He went through some rough times at first, yelling at everybody, and but he's now seemingly got things pointed in the right direction, so that is good. Um, I did like too the fact that Liverpool has been a little wonky this year. But I like also you said, liked that their Premier League game they they handled the uh, Wolves this mm-hmm. this last time. Triple H, one of our producers here, Hayden, who you hear sometimes on the air too, he came in and asked me. He was like, "Hey, is it a bad idea to parlay Arsenal and Liverpool today? Do you think that won't happen?" I was like, "I think it'll happen. I think it'll be okay." He was like, all right, I nice. just want to make sure. 
And he did. Did and he parlay he, that with his boys West Ham in the FA Cup against United? Because that no, was looking good he for did a not, long he time. Did not, he did not do that. He actually he said he was just looking Premier League on this day. So that's what I believe he did. And so he would have cashed because Arsenal, this just in, good. Good. Everton, really good. still bad. Yeah, man. Well, but I saw... Everton more bad or Arsenal more good? Which makes... Didn't Everton beat them the last time they played? Yeah, 1-0. Right. It was just so a few a weeks Shocking ago. result. Yeah. Right. So then he, that's why he was like, I'm concerned. And I was like, listen. Yeah, don't be. I don't think you have to be concerned. I think Arsenal will remember that and they will come back and win and they'll be fine. And this time, uh, very different at their place at the Emirates than playing at Goodison Park. <sighs> yeah. Just, just seems about right. Seems that they're pretty good. And they... I mean... I don't know what the rest of the season will hold. We know Manchester City's not going to go away, uh-huh. but this is this is looking like it could be Arsenal's year. I think it's going to be a r- really tight race. Here oh, sure, yeah. End. I'm not saying it's, it's going to... Because any misstep now is so elevated. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, you're right. Right now, you're getting... You do that at the beginning of the season or even them like just starting the second half. Like You get into mid-20s and you miss a step. And you mm-hmm. start dropping a couple of points, or you drop a full three points. City charge ahead. I mean, I, as crazy as it sounds, like I don't think that United are out of the title race with the way that they're playing. Now that would be a very deep long shot, but any misstep, I feel like City will pounce on. So they have to be as clinical and as good. And I just don't feel like there's they're not as scared as they used to be. Right. Like scared of failure. They've had so much failure over the last. However many years, you know, since Arsene Wenger left, like they're not scared to fail anymore, which is a huge mental hurdle to get over. Like you look at that team and they've taken on the identity of Mikel Arteta. And so I, I think it's going to be a fantastic finish yeah, for the title race. I think it's going to be like it, we had, what was it? City and Liverpool last year mm-hmm. came down to decision day and, you know, few and far between there's been city who have just been out in front for, you know, the entire year and don't look back. Like this is going to be really fun. Yeah. You've got it on both sides, like you always do, right? With the relegation battle too being very tight, like it's it's. I think it's going to come down to the wire for both sides, which means decision day will be great and fun. But yeah, you've got all that. You've got second leg of Champions League coming next week. That stuff's going to be fun. You got Chelsea paying three hundred twenty nine million pounds to score one goal in an entire month, which is I think just a record. It's got to be a record, right? The amount of money spent versus goal production at oh, this point. Yeah, good lord, that's. Who, who's their new manager? Graham Potter? Yeah. Is that who's in He's the, also yeah. going to get fired. You just hired him. <laughs> He's well. After you fired Thomas Tuchel. <laughs> right. I mean, there's only, there's only so many guys you can go through before you end up at either one of two options. And that is Jurgen Klinsman, who just took a job. So he's out. Can't get him. Because he's now, I think, is it South Korea? Yeah. He just took the job yeah, of, I taking think. Taking over for the World Cup for them. Yeah. And if it's not him, it's the special one. Jose. But he also is employed. So I don't think that's happening anytime soon. Think Jose would go back for a third stint at Chelsea? If there's enough groveling involved, yeah. yes. That's all it is for him. It's like, it's, as long as you come I, back to him and kiss now the ring. That Jose is no longer the manager of my favorite soccer team. I absolutely love him. And I loved him before, and I love him afterwards. Right. Managing my team, I want no part of. Yeah. That's, um. who was I? I used to say that about, I'm trying to think of who it was in the NFL Oh, it was like, uh, this has been different guys over the years, but like Kyler Murray, who's like 5'2 and plays quarterback for the Cardinals, if you don't follow that at all. When he came out of college, I was like, he's a very exciting player. Mm-hmm. Oh, my team doesn't draft him, but I'd be very curious to watch what happens. Sure. Just because it's like, yeah. this is a fun little experiment. Now, Jose is much more proven as a commodity than Kyler Murray is as a football player. I'm just saying, 
I there's been guys like that all the time where you're like, that's great. Good idea. I don't want my team to do it. Yeah. But I'm, Go ahead. I'm I happy would love to watch to see it. how this works out for you. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's uh, thoughts and prayers with Chelsea. Chelsea currently sit 10th in the Premier League <sighs> table after spending 377 million Liverpool's euros. Liverpool's like, what is, you guys are bad. Well, like, they spent 370 million euros since January. Like, that's not no, even going I know, back right? to that's last not, summer. That, well, they spent, because they spent nearly, they spent over half a billion euros yeah. since this, in this year that we're in, the nine months since the transfer window in the summer opened to now, they spent 600 plus million pounds, euros, dollars, dollars all yeah. the above. <laughs> all the currency they've spent. So, I mean, that doesn't mean it won't eventually happen, but I don't care how rich you are. You can't just keep pushing that much cash and not seeing results. The best part is, too, I saw that if Chelsea get rid of Graham Potter, they want Roberto De Zerbi to come in. Okay. Which is literally Graham Potter's replacement at Brighton. Oh, <laughs> That's like good. Just, you just did so this. So you're going to opt. You just did opt this. For Brighton's did the same, succession plan? Same thing. That's so weird. <laughs> that is so bizarre. Um, and I also saw this story. Before we get to Chris Dorn, we're going to play his interview that you guys did on Morning Juice. This is a very interesting, quick little aside here. We don't talk a lot about the Mexican Soccer League, Liga MX. It's a great, this is a great, great bit of little insight. Yeah. Um, this is from ESPN. Cesar Hernandez has the article. Cruz Azul manager Ricardo Ferretti, a.k.a. Tuca Ferretti, may have known. He said uh, that he doesn't, he doesn't think that it's a very good time to be a domestic talent in Liga MX. Mm-hmm. He said, I believe that this is a stagnant, that the league is stagnant and declining more little by little. He said, in the competitions we had before, it raised our level. Uh, when we began to go to the Copa America, to Copa Libertadores, it rose. Uh, basically talking about how the fact that, you know, this this league has the affiliation with CONCACAF, but previously had been invited to CONMEBOL tournaments. And, of mm-hmm. course, uh, Tuca Ferretti is from Brazil, so he has a connection there as well. But, yeah, he is saying that Mexican soccer, not great right now. So there was an interesting little infographic that, popped up and it was Mexican players, Canadian players, and American players playing in, I think it was Europe's top five leagues, maybe your top four. I, I don't know exactly what it was. Okay, but still, like... It was yeah, Canada... Top four or five leagues. Canada, two. And J- Jonathan David and Alfonso Davies. Two yeah. really good... Two really, really good, good players. Two really, really, really good, good players, players. But you have two. But you have two. It was the U.S. with like 27... Oh, I'm quite, I mean, I mean, that's all, all of them play for leads, but yes, yes. (laughs) no, but you have, yeah, you have a high, high twenties number. You, you can throw a stone probably in any top four league in Europe Mm -hmm. and you have a good chance in any match of any top four league in Europe of finding a player either on the bench or on the field. That's of American descent. Yes. Right. I mean, that's cap for the national team. Yeah, like, I mean, let alone the guys who aren't capped right. but are still, like, in the system and they're playing, but they just haven't gotten up yes. there yet. So, care to take a stab at how many it was for Mexican players in these top leagues? I mean, I would think it's, like, I, I would think it, I would have thought years ago, well, it's got to be higher than what America has, but I know you're saying that that's not right. So, I'm going to go with, like, 12? Four. Good Lord. Four. Four? Four. Canada has two. We have mid to upper 20s. Mexico is four. That is something, man. And I know that there has been a push by, you know, 
Liga MX East to bring back Mexican talent yeah. to say, we want that talent to grow here and to stay here and the legends should play here. But there's always been that kind of, as as I understand it, being an outsider looking in, I believe there's always been that tug of war in the Mexican Federation and the fan base saying, we want our players to play in front of our fans, but also we want them to prove themselves on the world stage. And so then it's like, well, you want that in the world cup. You're going to need them to do that when it's not the world cup. Yeah. They're going to need to go do it other times. But of course there are a lot of people that say, no, we want the stars to be in Mexico. And that's just a, that's a tough thing to kind of rectify, right? If you've it's got a tightrope. Yeah. I mean, you, I understand why Cruz Azul wants players there. I understand why all these other, you know, big time clubs there, they want their players. Club America. To, yeah, they want players to come in that are of Mexican descent, that play for the Mexican national team. I mean, how many guys for Chivas did that, right? Where it's like you're a star for Chivas, you're the leader of the Mexican national team, you're Mexican descent. Like, that was a huge point of pride for many, many years. And then you saw players go over to Europe and have success. You saw players go to Argentina and have success. Or another domestic league, Brazil. Like, And they would play well there and eventually go to Europe. And then Liga Emekis was getting frustrated with the fact they weren't getting those players. Mm -hmm. So that's a tough, you're right, it's a tough thing to walk. I wonder how they'll fix it. But in either case, clearly they've got to try to find something because uh, I can't believe I'm saying this. Mexico's in danger of getting left behind. Yeah. By at certainly where the U.S. is now and possibly where Canada's headed. <sighs> Canada seems like they are just getting bigger and better as it goes. And I'm not, I know right, they're not, they? Yeah. they aren't there yet, but their talent level continues to improve. And I've been very impressed with what they've done. Hey, speaking of uh, Mexican soccer, there is a great, you know, I'm very loyal to my restaurants. And yep. what I'm about to say, they have paid me no money to of course. say this. Zacatecas, it is a Mexican restaurant here yes. in Columbus. I saw a bunch of tweets about it and how their front wall and everything was designed and it's got all crew stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All excited they were decorating about. for the black and gold week and they're, all that. Yeah. They were decorating for it. I said, Meredith, let's go away from our normal spot and let's try this out. It's very good. Oh, yeah. It's very, very good. We went there the other night and they lean into soccer very hard over there and they're good people and it was great food and I will be going back. Where is that Zacatecas curiosity? Just north, you know, like the industrial part of Columbus, just north of like 270. Yeah. Oh, in like Worthing, kinda, Worthington area. Yes, up there? it's Worthington, technically, kind of. So, like where the Budweiser plant is. Oh yeah. Like right. Huntley, you take Huntley and then make a couple of turns, and it's oh, it's like just of, um, north of 270. I know where you're talking. Yeah, it's um, God, was that like. Is it Sankis or something yes. around there? It's like around, it's, yeah, but Sankis yes. where it's south of Polaris, north of 270, yes. around that area. It's right there. And it was very good. Is there McDonald's over there? Am I wrong? Like uh, across the street or something? Have I know been. that area. I used to live over there. there now that you're saying that, been. now I know. It was exactly. in a shopping It was in a okay. shopping Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was All very right. good. That's, well, we're going to have to hit that up too. Because that's good. I love I love finding about local businesses that get behind the crew and that support soccer. And, and they care. Yeah, yeah, man, that's good. Well, I care. And you care. I care. That's why... That's why we got to go there because they care. So that makes sense. All right, Beam, uh, we're going to hear from Chris Doran coming up now. So this is from Morning Juice. This is a little bit of a recap of things, the offseason, and a preview of what's to come with DC United. Enjoy hearing the voice of your Columbus crew on the radio. Crew offseason was a wild one. Do a quick little recap here with you before we kind of set the table for Saturday and Christmas Day uh, over at the LDC. So yeah. Caleb Porter goes by the wayside. Uh, of course, we know that. Missed the playoffs a couple of years after hoisting MLS Cup. You bring in Wilfried Nancy from Montreal, and you know it's going to be a total reshift of an identity and kind of the way that you want to play. Now, instead of playing a back four, you're going to play a back three. 
Uh, Jonathan Mensah, he was dealt, which I think was a big blow for crew fans, leaving your captain and a guy who represented the city so well, of course. So, like, along with that, no Artur anymore. Pedro Santos not on the team. Like, it's a new look, new team. Just for you, the offseason and kind of the seismic changes inside of the club, um, where are you? Where are you at as we kind of get into this year now uh, with this crew and ground level expectations for them, at least in this beginning portion of the year? Well, I think Wilfried Nancy comes in as the guy that uh, Tim Bezpachenko and the ownership wanted to oversee, not just the first team, but also the entire club in the sense that there are principles of play that he wanted to see employed, not just at the first team level, but at the second team level and in the academy, too. He's got the resume to do it. He spent 10 years with the Montreal Academy and then was elevated to the assistant coach position in the first team role and then the head coach for the last two years. Last year, he was able to get his principles in play with the right personnel, did a really nice job with Montreal. They finished second in the Eastern Conference. They went to the playoffs. They set all sorts of records. But keep in mind, the records that they set were in part because Montreal had not been a very good MLS team up until last year, (laughs) ever. Um, And I'm not downplaying the fact that Wilfried Nancy had an impact on that. All I'm saying is, is that it takes a while to get to that point. So fast forward to where we are now with the crew losing so much of the veteran presence that you have already listed. They're going to rely a little bit more on some of the younger guys. We saw the first start for Mo Farsi. We saw Philip Quinton last week. We also saw the start of Patrick Schulte. Now that was out of necessity because Aloy Room the traditional first-team goalkeeper is out because he missed training. He had some visa issues he had to solve over, over in Holland. So I think the reliance on younger players, the reliance on the concept of developing those younger players is going to be a big point of emphasis. By the same token, you're going to have to rely on the veteran presence of guys like Milos Degenik. Lucas Elorayan and Kucho Hernandez have got to get on their horses and they've got to start scoring goals and um, and start to see whether or not people – like Alex Matan and Aiden Morris can really play the way Wilfried Nancy wants to play. And I, I think given time, and that's going to be the theme here, given time, we're going to start to see a lot of those principles percolate from start to finish in any one match for the Columbus crew. Hey, Chris Tito here. I have driven a Mustang. The other two guys have not, but I appreciate that recognition by you. Um, so uh, based on what you saw in that first match against Philadelphia, what surprised you about the crew's performance? Um, I love the way they employed the principles in the first half against mm-hmm. Philadelphia, and they really they they turned Philadelphia on their heads. I mean, you have your home opener. You're the Eastern Conference champs. You lost an MLS Cup last year just by penalty kicks, and you can't figure things out for 45 minutes. That's a really big performance from the black and gold last week. Now, the second half was significantly different, and it was turned on its head by a couple of penalty kick calls that some people would call into question anyway. But I really think that um, what surprised me most was the first 45. I love seeing Will Sands in the, in the game for Columbus. He went to Georgetown. Um, the, the dude is a homegrown player via the New York City FC system. But um, he comes in as a very talented uh, left winger, and I think he'll continue to contribute um, in this system the way Coach Wilfred Nancy wants to see. Um, I would like to see Lucas El Rayon and Cucho Hernandez get really active in terms of combining with one another as well as getting to goal. I think we needed to see more opportunities at at frame on the second half last week. And hopefully with the energy of opening night, 
and Christmas on Saturday. We'll see that at Lower.com Field. He is Chris Dorn, your radio play-by-play man for the Columbus crew with us here on the Bryant Heating and Cooling Systems Fan Guest Hotline. Uh, Chris, you know, it's been it's so fascinating to watch, uh, of course, this team. I think it's going to be not necessarily a long road, but you hear everybody in MLS, you know, uh, kind of talk like, yeah, when the crew get it figured out, like they're going to be dangerous. Now they do have the, you know, the guys kind of in place uh, to be a dangerous team. It's just all about figuring it out. Like you said, those first 45 minutes were pretty darn impressive and totally different than anything they did under Caleb Porter. It's just a totally different scheme. But when it comes to anchor points and we know the crew losing out on our tour, like he leaves like Aiden Morris has such a big role to fill in that midfield with Darlington Nagby, and you're obviously very familiar with him. You're a Hoosier. He's a Hoosier. You guys have a good working relationship, but like this is big-time ball now for Aiden if he wants to take that next step up in his development as a true, I'm one of the first guys on the 11 for Wilfried Nazi. Like, that's a big year for him, right? Yeah, that's a really good point, and he's playing alongside Darlington Nagby, and he knew well in advance that he was going to be the number eight in that system of play. So he and Darlington get to start off the season together. Um, big year last year for him coming back off the ACL tear and, and uh, the reconstruction. Um, the dude is so focused. Uh, he is um, he's so genuine, uh, but he's a competitor. And um, he and Darlington in the middle of the park for Columbus uh, will be a very strong presence going forward. Um, I think one of the things that we'll want to see out of Darlington Nagby is the ability to get forward just a little bit more than Aiden. Um, and so it'll be incumbent upon Aiden to not only cover ground behind Darlington when Darlington sneaks forward, um, but also to um, pick up the pieces when things break down in the attacking third and teams are starting to transition and come at Columbus. Can Aiden Morris be the guy in in that uh, three in that mid block mm-hmm. to slow the transition down and, and maybe help Columbus turn the ball over yet again and set up Darlington, Lucas and Cucho and Alex Matan for an opportunity at frame. So that's a, that's a really good point. Yep. No doubt. Uh, so Chris, when, you know, I know that there's goals abound to be scored, of course, with Lucas and Cucho. And I think once they get their link up play figured out, remember Cucho just came in at the, know, the midway point last year and only had a handful of games to get himself ready. And of course, you know, kind of prepared for MLS and what this league brings different than the Premier League, uh, obviously in a multitude of different ways. Um, but the back three, that's going to be a different look for fans who are either watching on TV, listening on the radio, heading out uh, to the dot this weekend for Cruzmas. Uh, just the opener, they looked, you know, there are two questionable penalty calls away from being right in that game at the end. I thought Patrick Schulte played as good as you can, kind of in a tough MLS opener, you know, in Philly. Like, that's not an easy task for anybody uh, to go into. But the back three, uh, they looked a little disheveled sometimes, getting the ball out of there. Just your takeaway of how long this may take for that system to really run its course there back there. Yeah, it's a good point. Uh, the club has made no... Um... Uh, they're very clear that they're looking for another center back. Mm -hmm. Okay. So um, where that center back goes remains to be seen. Does Philip Quinton develop enough that he can be a part of that back line? Um, It's quite possible. Now the speed of play compared to what he saw last year as a member of crew two at the first team level is way different. I think he's adapting to that and he's going to need more games certainly to get really comfortable. Milos Degenik coming off a world cup year with Australia. No questions there. On the other side, Stephen Marrera, who last year really upped his game as an outside um, back mm-hmm. and got forward, helped with assists. Do you miss those numbers in the middle of the park 
with him being anchored as a center back, that's where I think the question is for me. I feel like Steven Marrero likes to get forward, can be dangerous getting forward, and still hone um, a, a nice skill set as a defender. So maybe they look for a center back that can play on that right-hand side. Let's not forget, Josh Williams is in the wings. He's yeah. playing his 15th season as an MLS pro. And Josh, as a 34-year-old Mr. Crew, if you will, could very well be a guy who comes on and allows Wilfried Nancy to push Marrera forward and and perhaps um, get the depth in the midfield that you're looking for. I, the club the club wants another center back. They need to have depth in that back line if this is the way Wilfried Nancy wants to play. And um, I'm sure they'll find their person and uh, put their player in, in place in, in due time. All right, Chris, before we get you out of here, big day. Christmas Eve coming up tomorrow. Christmas Day, Saturday, D.C. United, 730. Uh, just your feelings when you walk into the stadium, whether it be at Historic Crew Stadium, of course, a few years back now into this beautiful behemoth that we have uh, down here. Just your feelings you get when you walk into that stadium for the first time on opening match of the year. Well, I'll tell you, it's going to look a little more like the Premier League, um, and this is kind of interesting. At 5.55, the team is going to unload off a bus on the west side of the stadium, and fans will be allowed to cheer them on nice. as they step off the bus and into the stadium. That's kind of a cool thing. Um, there'll be a 96-minute happy hour, a throwback to the first year of Major League Soccer. Um, so plenty of deals, and then the opportunity for the first 10,000 fans to pick up on Nationwide. Uh, yellow beanies and that makes the atmosphere on opening day so much more festive you look across the 19,000 folks who are assembled at lower.com field and and 10,000 of them are wearing yellow beanies and it is freaking amazing Mm -hmm. I'm telling you this so if if you have the opportunity be a part of those events and and so much more the the chill in the air is from all the nerves uh, the expectations the anxiety that comes with How's my team going to play? And then when the whistle blows, it's just another game. But, man, going up against another MLS original in in D.C. United, knowing that Pedro Santos, who was beloved (laughs) by uh, crew fans over the years, is coming back and will likely start on Saturday night for Wayne Rooney's side. Man, there's just going to be a whole lot that's going to be weaved into this one. Uh, Hopefully I've got my, uh, my emotions in check when we go on the air. Uh, at uh, 7 o'clock with the pregame show. And then the kickoff at 7.39, and it's a soccer game that matters to a lot of people. I know Wilfried Nancy did say this week that one of the reasons why he took the job here in Columbus is because of the fans and because of the the game stadium. Uh, So I know he'll be excited about entering the match on Saturday night. Good stuff there, Beam. Love hearing Chris Doran. I assume you guys will be having him on throughout the season as well. He said he gets up at 6 o'clock, and he will – be invited on our show at 635 because nobody ever wants to get up for that time slot. So, Chris, <laughs> if you're listening to this, that is the schedule for you. And, by the way, Morning <laughs> Juice, available as a podcast just like this is. So, if you're listening to this, it go search Morning Juice, and then you can dumb. hear that and everything else that goes on on Morning Juice. So, awesome. Uh, Beam, enjoy whatever amount of sleep you're going to get the next few weeks. <laughs> Thanks, I think it will man. be very sparing, but uh, good luck to you, to Meredith, and, of course, the new baby on the way. We will be back. I will be back next week with some form of this podcast, hopefully talking about a crew win over DC United. Till then, thanks for listening, and we'll see you at the bar.